Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It is good. We have been adventuring over the weekend. We got out hiking. We tested DW out in his pack. He did fairly well with that and also continues to extend his duration. This is our puppy, by the way, our small miniature dachshund. I said dachshund weird, but yeah, there you go. So yeah, so we're out. Hopefully everyone else got out enjoying the heat and doing the different activities. I forgot to mention activities. that DW had a very consummate athlete weekend. He also got a life vest right. and he went for a good swim. It's more for the look, but uh, it seemed to keep him floating, I guess, which is a good feature in a flotation life vest. Yes, I probably should have gotten a large dog size one for you to use. Hey, that doesn't, that doesn't, I swam quite well, actually. You did great. So that's that. Yeah, we did that. We have Shred Girls is coming out today, I think, it with is. the launch of this. So Shred Girls 2, this is uh, a downhill version. Yep, Allie's Rocky Ride. So the girls continue their adventures. They're now downhilling, though. They're not BMXing. They have gone outside. Yep, we're downhill on a mountain. We're doing some regular cross-country mountain biking. Uh, there's some, some wheelie advice in there, some wheelie, wheelie good advice, okay. if I do say so, so myself. So we'll try and get this up earlier in the day, so I don't know if much will matter, but there is an online launch party people can, can check out. Yeah, yeah. If you head over to the Shred Girls, either Facebook page or Instagram, or just to the shred-girls.com website, um, you'll see... All of the details on the launch party, we're going to run it from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, July 21st. Um, so we'll have, uh, I'm going to do a reading, some Q&As there. We're going to do a yoga for cyclist session. And then I have six Shred Girls in real life who are going to pop on to talk about, you know, just all of the all of the stuff that goes into uh, being a really cool Shred Girl. That's great. And the book is available on Amazon and such book retailers. It is a yes. Kindle Anywhere. Where e-book. ebooks are yes. sold. So unfortunately, it's not with coming out in print due to COVID nineteen and just the publisher. That's what they're doing with a lot of their books. Unless we all get copies. Yeah. So if we sell like a billion copies, then they we can might. get hard covers of Shred Girls too. Yeah. So this if you is want our mission. That, yeah. Make okay. it happen. So great gift, great you know graduation gift, summer. Keep the kids busy, keep them riding, keep them reading. Yeah, and in case you are wondering, it is actually really easy to gift a Kindle ebook to someone via Amazon. Like you can send it as a gift. The so. one thing I did learn is that you have to be in the same Kindle country, I think, to gift a gift card or to gift a book. Okay, so that might be your only a small loophole. Very but few people yes. in that situation. But you're paying for it in any case. So you can just log in, I guess. But that's that. So that's a great gift. Yeah. All right. So that's that's what we have to, to say about what's going on right now in our lives. Uh, what do we have up today, show-wise? Well, we have Heather Daw, who is, a, I think, a, a tremendous, a, a true a consummate, consummate athlete. athlete. Yeah. So she is, you know, she's a da- data scientist first, uh, mother. She also has done some very burly running races, biking races, and also a bunch of rock climbing. And she's actually just returning to rock climbing. So I had a great conversation with her. We sort of got a contact through Wide Angle Podium with her as someone who had written some books. She also writes books. Um, so she's very um, a generalist, right? Sort of in the, in the ways of 
David Epstein, who we've had on, has his book Range. Uh, I would say Heather, uh, you know, uses a lot of these principles both in her work life as well as in her athletic life. So we'd really get in on, you know, how you're balancing this. How do you learn? How do you get the gear? Um, you know, the phases of life. So we talk a little bit and, and I think maybe wax poetic with COVID of how this phase of life looks right now and, and the pros and cons. Um, one of my favorite standout moments was just talking about how with COVID and not having these races and, and maybe not doing such extreme things like, you know, you can't go out and race 22 hours. You might be going out and doing something that's long, but there's less of that, I think, for most people. So we sort of were talking about how maybe some there's going to be more healing this year for people. Um, yeah, for sure. It's funny. I actually just finished wrapping up an article on uh, like maintaining athlete identity through this this whole situation for bicycling and i'll link to that once the article is up um but actually what one person said to me when i kind of put out like a call for you know how do people feel about their identity as an athlete with no races on the calendar kind of especially new racers but also like masters racers who had goals and elite racers i have a few olympians i interviewed for the article um but one woman actually told me that she realized uh that she is finding a lot more joy without racing she's actually enjoying you know getting out riding she's enjoying free weekends she's enjoying like the ability to kind of follow her her actual sport passions not just be necessarily like chasing the next workout or like the next race goal Uh, and I think you know a lot of people are feeling that way yeah it's been like I I know in with bike skills right like it's been the only time in my life now and I've been doing you know working on bike skills and camps and stuff now for 20 years so the time I can remember where people don't have as much of the like, oh, I can't do it this week because I have a race, right? Or, or, or like, I only want to do it to figure out how to get over this thing. Yeah, on a race so course. either like super specific or like not at all. And, and I don't want to get hurt, but I'm okay getting hurt if like it, it's related to skills that I don't have, but I don't want to practice, you know, or progress things. So it's been interesting in that respect. Um, and I think through that comes more enjoyment and, and joy, I guess, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's let's get into it. I'm excited to hear about this this multi-hyphenate uh, cyclist, runner, rock climber, painter, writer, data scientist, a consummate so, athlete, consummate athlete, Heather Daw. Uh, but maybe you could just even start by just telling me, you know, how do you how does someone who's in d- data science uh, do you say yep. data or data? Data in the UK. Want to want to be proper. Yeah. Uh, but can you tell me how, how does someone like yourself who's into into data get into also into the the painting and the writing and, and that sort of thing? It seems very right left brain to me. Oh, yeah, that's it does, um, and that's that's really interesting. I mean, I it was only really ten years ago I start when I started writing. Um, I, I was I mean I, I always read when I was read books when I was younger, but whilst I was doing I mean I, you know I was racing for a lot of years, racing hard. Um, I didn't really, you know, I was working full time as well. I didn't really have time to read and I didn't, you know, and to write and, to, and painting wasn't really something I did. I was quite creative when I was younger, but um, as I grew, I kind of moved away from it and, and did a lot more sport and, and, and stuff, which was great, but there's only so much time in the day, particularly yeah. when you're working full time, which was, I was, I, I am, I'm still doing now. So, um, yeah, so 10 years ago I started writing and um, my first book, Adventures in Mind, which kind of explored my drive to push myself hard in, in the mountains and and um, discovered more about myself, I suppose, in writing the book, which in turn got me thinking about painting. 
And um, yeah, so in terms of the data science, yeah, you're right, it is quite right and left brain, but actually mathematics and, and, da- and data science, I'm, I'm, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm a leading data science scientist. I, um, I work for a global consultancy company as head, UK head of data. So my job is to lead on the innovate on the innovative with data and such like, and that's actually very creative. Sure. Um, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of maths in it, and there's a lot of left brain stuff in it, but it's actually a very creative process to you know help people solve their problems with with data and innovation. It's straight. So you have to sort of say, there's a pro- this problem. How can we? Yep. You know, you'd have to have a knowledge of the data, but then how are you going to use that or what is, yeah, what, yeah, what is yeah. it we're trying to design? Or no, no, exactly. And, and not actually, it's, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, in my work life, not many, it, it takes, um, you know, there is quite a left brain sort of thing to it and not, it, it's one thing I really do need to encourage in people and, and always try and sort of, con, sort of be aware of myself is to really understand the, you know, the, the problem you're trying to solve. So, if it, I don't know if it's in if it's a healthcare problem. You know why? Why is this? Why, you know why? Is, why does the problem exist? What's what's the sort of thing around it that helps to explain it? And then you can um, you can think. You know you can solve the problem more effectively. I think and you know use your mathematical knowledge and skill and stuff to to use data in a creative way to, to help solve problems. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I work a lot. A lot of my work is in the development of artificial intelligence. Right. Um, so you know it's it's quite a progressive space, Very. and it's it's a fascinating space. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So so, it's, so actually, so to answer your question, data is a very you know data can be a very creative thing as well as writing and painting. So, so then, what what cued you to go back to to painting or writing um, in um, in sport? Was, right? Like, you, did you get more time, or or like what what sort of was like? Oh, this would be a useful thing for me. Oh, it was it was two thousand and eight, and I had I actually had my best racing year that year. Um, I I was I I did a I um, what did I do? Yeah, sort of three big things that year. I did the Bob Graham round in the in the Lake District in the in the UK, which is a it's not a race, but it's a challenge. You need it's a sixty-five mile, um, lots of mountains, forty-two hills to you need, to have completed the challenge, the Bob Graham round. You have to do it in under twenty-four hours for what that's worth. I mean, I so I did that and I did it in just under twenty-two hours, and that was early in the summer. And then through through the um, in July, I was over in the Alps racing. I was sort of sponsored by Innovate at the time, running shoes and running apparel and stuff. Yeah, um, I was racing with Team Innovate and t- two other women, Anna Frost, who's a very talented mountain runner from New Zealand, and um, Ches Frost, who's not related to Anna, um, but another very talented athlete who lives over in the Lake District. Um, we raced together as Team Innovate in the Alps in a week-long adventure race, and we won that. We, we weren't expected to win it. it was, um, we were a bit of a rookie team, but I think we surprised a few people. So um, we won that, and then... Um, I was very tired after that. It was quite an intense race, and then, but through so that was sort of July, and then through August, I kind of recovered and rested up quite a bit. And one one race I always really wanted to win was the Three Peaks Cyclocross, which um, I live in Yorkshire in, in England, and uh, the Three Peaks Cyclocross is a I don't know you, you may have heard of it or you may not have heard I, of it. It's, I it's, have, but I don't know yeah. that the listeners will have. And okay. I, it's such okay. a like, cyclocross does not really do it. No, justice. no, it's not. It's quite. It's, <laughs> It's, I mean, it's a wonderful race. It's, it's my favourite race. Um, it's, it's a very esoteric race in a number of ways. You know, you, you, you've got three three peaks. So, um, 
three Yorkshire fells, Ingleborough, Wernside and Penny Ghent. I mean, there's a fell, there's a mountain race around it as well, um, for, for you know, a running race. But the, the cyclocross race, you, you, you're taking a cyclocross bike up these three fells, often shouldering the bike at really steep. There's, you know, it's like um, at least ten. How many miles of it? Probably about four or five miles of it is actually labelled unrideable because you just you put your bike on your shoulder and, and you just. And it's you just, know, is it, th- I don't know if it's thousands, but it's a lot of people just like walking in a yeah, line. Oh yeah, no, completely. It's, um, you know, I think about 600 people or so race okay. each year. There's a, there's a limit, um, on, the, the limit on races. So yeah, so, um, and I, you know, I'd race that, I, I raced the, the peaks quite a few times. I've been second and third and, and I never actually won it. And I was, you know, I was, re- I knew actually in 2008, I was the fittest I'd ever, ever been. And so, and it, it wasn't quite now or never, but it was like, right, I'm, I'm fit. I'm just going to train properly. Because I never, well, no, I, I didn't train when I trained to race. I probably, I mean, I, I just, I didn't probably didn't train as effectively as I could have done. Um, I was really focused on just going out long road, you know, long rides, long runs, not always being as much, not always as much quality training as I should have done. But for that, for that race, I was like, no, I know I've got the fitness now from the Bob Graham and this race in the Alps. And um, so I'm going to focus on it, and I and I focused on it, and and I won it, and and after, and it was you know it was brilliant to win it, and and like and I don't know how this is going to sound, but when you win a race, it's always like well for me anyway, it's always like oh what, what's next you know what is next, mm-hmm. and um, so with the three peaks you know it was the well you know now it's it's the best as far as I'm concerned it's the best bike race in the world, um, so. You know, and there's obviously bigger races, <laughs> not suggesting right. otherwise, but it's the best, you know, so, and I, so I'd won it and I, I, I'd done the Bob Graham and I, I'd done these other things and it was like, right, so what is next then? Um, and over the next couple of years, I, I pushed myself harder and harder and Adventures in Mind is, I started writing Adventures in Mind shortly after I, I won the three peaks in 2008. Um, and I went to Canada, to Banff to, um, in 2010 to ride the Tour Divide race, you know, the, the length of, say, starting in Banff and finishing in. Yeah, that's a serious yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, to cut, I mean, I was what I was doing with that, and it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I, you know, was, was trying to find a breaking point, really. I don't know how this is going to sound, but, um, you know, I, I wanted to push myself so hard that I just sort of could get over this need to race and race and race. And that, which, don't get me wrong. It, I like it because there's yeah. a few, our, our listeners you know, our, our clients I have for coaching are, are in the yeah. similar thing, like trying to find that next yeah. thing and it never being enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then also, I don't know if you reflect on this now that you've gotten to where you are past maybe this point, but the, yeah. uh, you know, never going back to that fitness you had in 2000. No, oh no, that I was quite aware at the time, you know, I was, yeah. how old was I? I was 31 and I was, I was, I was pretty aware that I was probably peaking, you know? Mm. Was and, that hard? Like, was that where art came in then? Oh, but maybe, but there's also a point as well, you know, I've got two children now, you know, I, I did want to have children, but, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to kind of get myself to the point where I could be content, you know, with, I don't know how this is going to sound, you know, my life changed when I had children and that's, that's something I expected and I'm not complaining about it. I'm, my two children are wonderful. Um, but I wanted to be able to handle that because it, you know, I wasn't going to be able to go to the mountains all the time and run around for days on end. That just right. my life was going to change. So part of it was trying to get get myself to that point where I was sort of cool with it all, really. 
And um, yeah, so I just went and pretty much broke myself trying to ride the Tour Divide. So, so you were able to do that in Banff, I take it. <laughs> no, I, or I, somewhere I along the route. <laughs> Montana, I didn't get very far, but I um, okay. I didn't really sleep very much. I just kept going. I said, you know, a few hours here and there. And um, yeah, I just, I, to be honest, I just kind of broke. Right? And um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was incredible time. You know, I was in the Rocky Mountains, a wonderful place, beautiful. Um, I was actually back in Banff. Last year, I was at the Mountain Festival, um, which was awesome. But, but yeah, so I, you know, Bamps a wonderful place. But but um, yeah, so so yeah, I, I kind of broke it really, and and that. But I, I don't know how this is going to sound. I kind of needed to do that to get my head, move my head on, mm-hmm. and so I was writing adventures in mind at the time, and you know, it's a, an ex- exploration of my my drive to race and, and to be you know spend time in the mountains, and I but I kind of moved my head on and. Um, and that, you know, so I was writing more and more. So the writing was opening up my mind to more creative pastimes. And yeah, so and then I started painting. And um, yeah, so and both writing and painting are now, I mean, you know, I'm still running, I'm still biking as much as I can. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the strange lockdown situation, the whole world's in at the moment. Um, you know, yeah. so um, yeah, I'm not racing as much. And I, I, it's not that I, I haven't, it's not that. I, I will, you know, I'll race again. It's just, um, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm quite happy at the moment with, with my life as it is. So I'm, I'm pretty chilled out really, which is what actually what I wanted to be. <laughs> right. So, right. So as kids came in and yeah. as, you know, work became maybe more yeah. bu- busy and stuff and you sort of accomplished some of those goals, there was yeah, yeah, yeah. room and space yeah, no, and, and maybe a certain... need for art, right? Like maybe there yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. not even no, space, no, but right. you needed it. No, you're right, because in 2008 as well, work, I was just beginning to show. I, when I was younger, and I think part of it, when you, I, I find it very frustrating that I couldn't convey what I thought you could do with um, data mathematics and stuff to, to, solve, you know, to solve problems. And um, it was really, you know, I was just starting to find ways of explaining that to people. But, you know, but I don't mean to sound... Um, I mean, I was just, yeah, I was, I suppose I was just growing in, in a positive way. I was just finding ways of conveying my ideas to people. And I was achieving quite a lot and, and doing some really useful stuff with data, building a big team of people to, to do stuff with me. And so I was, so that was an important part of it as well, because I started to realize that actually the ideas in my head are worth sort of getting out there. And um, yeah, so, so it was a sort of combination of things really. And um, yeah, and I'm a bit more chilled out these days for all for, for various reasons. <laughs> um, right, right. So it's interesting because there's like a crossover, right? Like I imagine you you find some of the things you've learned in uh, the mountains, for lack yeah. of a better term, but in these races and foot races and adventure races and stuff that would transfer to work or to art, and it sort of fulfills itself, right? Like oh, yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, art, yeah, the yeah. art was actually yeah, 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 helping yeah. you communicate at work, is what you're saying. Um. It was more, I think part of the thing about the art and writing is, it, it, like you say about the left and right brain thing, it, it does use different parts of your brain. And actually, that's a good thing because I spend all my time at work um, thinking quite intensively um, in a, you know, mathematics and working with people to do that. And actually, the painting and the writing just lets me completely turn that part, well, I don't know, turn that part of your brain off to a degree. But, but you know, it's just... Yeah, it just helps me to think differently. And that helps me to relax, you know. Sure. So, 
and and the yeah, the writing part as well. You know, um, it's a, with it, it's helped me to think about the ways I communicate with people. I suppose. So um, yeah, it's you know I, I, I make my problem sound like I'm incredibly intense. I'm not. I just you know how, I've got a lot how, of things going on in my brain. <laughs> how, how did you start writing? Because I think that's you know some of our again some of the listeners might be you know curious and, and busy. We have a lot of busy people yeah. and, and stuff like that. And like, did you start journaling or how did you like? What were those first pages like? So the first page I actually the first the first page formed the, the forward really for Adventures in Mind, and I just wrote it. Okay. Um, you know, and that edited it a bit, but um, there was a brilliant um, journal, a cycling journal called the Ride Journal that um, probably published once or twice a year for a few years. It really, anyway, and it was I sent. They were they 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 sort of eclectic mix of cycling stuff, and they published that. And so it, but that was just a why do I do it kind of why not you know I've, I've done I've done this I've done that why do I do it and so it was like and that was the forward so. And that's what got me started on it. But so, but generally with writing, um, that I kind of, and you know, I'm, I'm writing more and more now. So I've, I'm getting um, more effective at planning out. Well, no, effective isn't really the word. I, you know, I'm getting more used to planning out my, what I'm going to do. But quite often, it takes a long time, you know, for a book to, sh- to shape in my head. And I just sort of let it, you know, form. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I get a feeling for the structure for it, you know, and, and it sort of starts coming out, really. Um, the practicalities part, the actual writing of it, I generally do early in the morning. So before my kids are, you know, these days it's before my kids are awake, whereas previously it was before I went out training before work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wake up early. And, um, that's generally so so you I'm go right. writing, training, and then off to work? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I train less now, so but I still fit in a half an hour run before I start work generally in the morning. Okay, and so, that's sort of your normal routine, like sort of roughly half an hour a day? Yeah, well, no, I'll, I, I might do half an hour in the morning and then something else in the evening. It's like this, this, today. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I'm working at home all the time now, right. and I live very close to a very nice forest with very nice mountain bike trails in and running trails and also some wonderful boulders to climb on. Mm-hmm. So. This morning I had a little run around the forest, and then this evening I sort of popped out to do a bit of bouldering. You know, I cycled up into the woods on my bike, and because we can climb now, so uh, you know, with the pandemic, it's um, it's been lifted. So. so you combined rock climbing with a bike ride. Yeah, but I was just—it was just you know—it was just quick to cycle. So I mean, I think nice. that that qualifies you nice as a consummate athlete, though. So that's okay. we have to get that on the record, but. <laughs> So how did you so, find climbing then? Like this is again, I'm I, like I'm always yeah, no, curious, started, like because yeah. it's all these sports aren't like running as running, I guess, but like there's there's a curve you have to like condition yourself to run and and rock climbing again. There's skill and there's equipment. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. how did how did it's, you start into climbing? I actually started climbing really before I started running. In fact, okay. I'm writing a book at the moment about that. I'm getting back into climbing because okay. that was 20 years ago, 25 years ago when okay. I started just before I started university. I came up to, to Yorkshire, to, I did a maths degree at Leeds University, and that's, I mean, Leeds University has a great climbing scene. Um, okay. So like you started history, in, indoors yeah. or outdoors? No, no, I started outdoors, yeah. okay. um, and that's how it was really back in, you know, it was, it's, it's fascinating now to, to go, be going back a bit more into the climbing culture, because, you know, my daughters, we go to the indoor climbing all together, and um, yeah, so I'm seeing it again now, and, and, you know, I'm climbing again. 
you know, boulding. I'll, I'll do some routes later this year. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, hope, I'm still hoping to do some mountain routes later in the summer, well, later in the summer, in the autumn, depending on how things go with, with you know, everything else in terms of, the, you know, the, just being able to get out and about with the pandemic. It's uh, yes. yeah. I'm pretty, the thing is, you know, when it happens, it happens. I'm, I'm pretty chilled about it, really. But I am bouldering, which is good. Yeah. So, um, and I'm writing a book about that actually at the moment, sort of climbing, because I, I climbed and that's, that's what I did. And, and I did some wonderful climbs, sort of mountain routes and sea cliffs and such like around the UK and in the Alps and, and, and around and about. So, and now it's sort of my head's getting a bit back into it. So, yeah, I suppose if you, yeah. Um, but so I'm cycling to the boulders to, and I'm also sometimes running to the boulders just because it's more practical. But no, you know, I'm quite happy I think to so. jog, You get there. Jog, you only have yeah, so yeah, much yeah. time. You get there quicker. Yeah, quite. Yeah. I mean, one thing, you know, I am, this isn't a complaint. I'm quite time limited. Um, so, you know, I want to sort of make the most of the time I do have to do stuff. Sure. Sure. Mm. And I mean, that's the nice thing about having the variety of sports too, right? You can yeah. sort of go with the weather or the time you have, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the gear yeah. that's functional or at hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I, I, I mean, I used to swim up quite a fair bit. Um, I don't swim. I don't really swim now. I just, you know, there's only so many things I can do. Um, I do miss the swimming. Hey, Peter, what does a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach do? Well, Molly, let me tell you, I work with busy people that want to do big, crazy adventures. You know, these are people who have kids, they have families, they have all sorts of work stuff they got to do, but they have big goals. They maybe want to do a big mountain bike race, 100 miler, something like Dirty Kanza. They might just want to keep up on the group ride. And all these things are really, really cool adventures and really good breaks from all the other stuff we have going on in our, in our busy lives, right? So I help people do that. And so I really like programming and finding ways that we can fit movement into their lives. Sometimes that involves, you know, consultation around movement or trying to work through some sort of injury. Uh, and sometimes it's just dealing with, you know, fitting stuff in and getting the work done. So that's what I do. I, I coach and I build training plans and, you know, that's, that's what a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach does in my case. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, in well, chatting with you? You're on the consummate athlete podcast. You go to consummateathlete.com. You can find coaching links on that website. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. There's sort of an upper limit sometimes to how much mm -hmm. gear and, and well, know, just and how energy. much time. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Swimming. Time. Swimming's a tough one too. I, I found that as well. We did, we sort of did a, a bunch of triathlon just to, okay. so that I would swim and learn to swim. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the frustrating thing is it, it just seems like it's not like running right where you're out the yeah. door and you're, no, you're no, going. quite exactly. I you mean, unless you're, unless you're live at the pool or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Pool. which I don't. Yeah. you don't really no. <laughs> uh that's that's awesome yeah and so i think those are some some awesome sort of takeaways and again just hearing the stories of people who are are doing these sort of variety of things and, and getting into it um what have you found and this can be in two, you know back in 2008 when you were more competitive or it can be right now is there anything in your routine as far as you know keeping yourself healthy and injury you know resilient because i mean something like these trail runs um yeah you know, running alone is very risky in that yeah. in that people get injured quite frequently, yeah. right? So, so what have yeah. you found works for you? Well, I, I mean, when I was racing a lot, um, actually mixing it up. So, because you know, a lot of my friends who who, who were runners and didn't cycle or or, or swim, they get more injured. You know, fell runners, mountain runners, they get more injured than me mm -hmm. because they weren't cross training. And right. um, you know, so I'd advocate cross training. Uh, swimming and cycling if you you know if you're a runner 
uh, swim and cycle a bit as well. The thing is, it's good training as well. It's like if you're a mountain runner, going out and cycling up, up some hills, it's going to do your leg strength a lot of good for, for running up those hills. Right. You know, and, and swimming is just a very good, um, you know, even, I, I, I started swimming because I wanted, there was a particular triathlon I wanted to win, the Hell Running Triathlon, and, you know, I had to improve my swimming to have a chance of doing that. Right. Um, and um, so that's why I started swimming, but then I started enjoying it more and more. But I also found that it was incredibly good for my, um, just my body in general. It's, you know, it's a non-impact sport. You're training so many different muscles and just getting them to move. It's very good. So when I was racing, you know, I cross-trained, but I also generally had a weekly sports massage that really helped. Um, I'd have, you know, I'd be, if anyone who's, who's racing or training a lot, I would, so, I mean, not necessarily every week, but it's, it's really frankly, you know, as many times as you can do, because it, it makes a difference that. Um, and now, um, I, if I get a niggle, which I do, I mean, I'm getting older as well, so, you know, I can kind of expect probably to pick up more injuries, but um, if I, if I get a niggle, I might go, for, I might go for a sports massage, but I don't go for them very often now, you know, really not very often at all um if i get a niggle running and i'll I'll just spend more time cycling um and if if i can't run or cycle then i'll go swimming (laughs) right so you know it's um you really that's like you're selling sort of my whole idea with the consummate athlete is really just that like it it lets you keep getting the benefits of the you know the mental benefits right if if you will and the the, certainly the fitness the health benefits uh but it shifts you away from hopefully that injury right and keeps you well yeah i think as you you know certainly i'm quite aware is uh, i've got friends who um who maybe you know i'm 43 um but friends who are older than me 50s early 50s and, and they're getting to a point where actually they can't run anymore because they've spent so much of their or, or walk very well in the mountains and you're just like i don't right. I, this isn't you know i don't want to get there because actually okay yeah don't get me wrong racing's fantastic but when i'm 60 when i'm 70 ideally i'll still be around and, and I'll, I'll still be you know whether i'm running you know i, I certainly still want to be able to walk <laughs> in you know in, in nice places so uh, yeah and i found myself too i mean just even turning 30 i'm now 36 but okay. even even around 30 i found myself thinking more in that way where yeah. it's like i i like biking i like running mm-hmm. but like i'd like to be doing that you know yeah. even even just again respecting for that longevity towards walking in the mountains yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, being able to do that well, so, well, yeah. well into the future right so i i think yeah so so you know i mean because you know i'm i may i've got obviously people race these days when they're 40 when they're well, sorry when they're 50 when they're 60 you know when they're 70 even so and so i you know the way my head's at the moment i'm I'm pretty chilled you know i'm i'm not and i'm i'm quite you know i'm not looking to race very much I, it may come around that i really want to get into racing again but the way i see it that is this this spell whether it's a spell whether it's you know is actually going to be really good for me because because i'm not pounding my body racing all the time and actually if you do that for 20 or 30 years you're going to know about it <laughs> yeah so. yeah and i don't I, I like that like you sort of have these phases now mm-hmm. it seems like you're going in and out of uh, yeah, yeah yeah seasons we could call them or spells i like spells well, no, it is, well. and, and it's um you know i'm exploring this in my writing as well in, in the you know it's kind of the thing is I, i've been going up um just recently started and it's literally the last week or so well last last week um i started climbing again on the like the but you know put some superb boulders up um not less than a, well, a mile from my house and i've been cycling around that forest for 20 years and not and I, I i climbed on them 20 years ago but after you know then i stopped climbing 
Um, and and I'm sort of I'm climbing on these boulders again, and it's like wow. <laughs> They're fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, these small, like, ecosystems or, or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. areas you don't get to see or see yeah, in the same but way. but I've been, I've, I've been cycling and running around them for years, but not really thinking about them. And now I'm just sort of climbing them again, which is it's quite a, yeah, it's quite a nice place to be really at the moment. I'm quite enjoying yeah, it. We have similar here. We took, we're very new to that, to rock climbing and stuff, but we okay. took a, a lesson. A good friend of ours here owns a, a guiding company for climbing. Okay. Right, right. Took us out. We have what the, it was called the Bruce Trail. So there's an escarpment that runs from Niagara Falls all the way okay. into northern right. northern Ontario. So it's really, okay. really good rock climbing. Yeah, and it's yeah, same yeah. thing. Like you know, we've hiked and biked past the this ridge, yeah, yeah, but yeah, never yeah. never spent hours there. Right, climbing yeah. up and like feeling the rock. And yeah, completely. Completely it's, different. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and a different movement, right? As well, yeah. it's hard. It's hard, but not yeah. the same. No, it's, it's, it's and and then you've got the nuance between sort of bouldering, and you know ropes climbing or mount you know roots because bouldering is a, of course they're both climbing but you know bouldering sort of short intense quite focused on sure. on a problem and then the route is you know they're both fantastic as far as I'm concerned and and um, I can't wait to go and do some roots again, um, but uh, but that's they're different in themselves. With the problems, I always, I like the word problems and I use that sometimes mm. with mountain biking because we'll have like, you know, a section of rocks and stuff yeah. where we have to like yeah, find, yeah. find a line, right? So I've sort of stole that sometimes for that, that problem or like the, the trail beta, you know, they always yeah, say yeah. beta and rock. Yeah, 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 they do, yeah. Um, but do you find with your data science, do you find that, do you think that helps your rock climbing? Looking at the problem? It's, it's fascinating actually because I've just been reading about it. So there's a, I mean, the, essentially the father of modern bouldering was a, is an is an American called John Gill. Okay. Um, he's so and he's a mathematician, professor of mathematics. Interesting. And it's fascinating. And um, I read about him. I wrote about you know his because it fascinates me. You see, John. I mean, John Gill, you just incredibly strong talented athlete trained extremely well and just and he he bouldered he didn't really he did roots but he was predominantly a boulderer and um yeah so and the way he views he sorry he views um boulder problems was it's like the the physical equivalent of a mathematical problem or a mathematical proof you know and you're just like a pure mathematician he, he is um yeah so it's quite i've been thinking about that I, in time i'll write about that some more because i've written about it before but but that it's it's that sort of logical problem solving which you know it's a it's a physical thing when you're looking at a rock face or whatever and just sort of thinking you know the moves you've got to make to to um to solve them. but yeah so i've been um it's interesting for you to say Very that interesting yeah <laughs> So that was, there's an autobiography you're reading about? Um, yeah, there's um, what's it, Master of Rock, and it's, it's a small bike by a guy called Pat Ament. Okay. Um, it's a small volume, but it, and it's a very good, good, um, good yeah. volume. So. so speaking more of books, uh, the, the one yeah. part we haven't touched on with all this, or we have been touching on it a bit, but so you have Adventures in Mind is one of yeah. your books. The mental aspect of certainly any of these long events, um, certainly that... Um, that trip through Banff and stuff. The, yep. What is that? The content, the trans divide. The, the, the tour divide. So tour it divide. follows the route of the uh, continental divide. Like yeah. people, people definitely go out there as you did to find themselves or lose themselves yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mental part of all these sports, the trail running, the this long distance stuff is is huge. How have yeah. you? Do you feel like you've evolved over 
you know, you know, before 2008 through all these big things and now? Yeah, um, well, certainly, you certainly get, when I found, um, it was really though through, through trying to find harder and harder things that you progress through, you know, it's, whenever, you know, whenever I did a long race or whatever, I'd, I'd finish it and think, right, well, what's next then or, or whatever. And, and, and so there's the mental part of that is as you do more, you, you kind of get, get stronger mentally because you know, when you're doing something hard that unless it's, you know, you really are in, in a bad state, actually you've been, you've been in that situation before. And actually, if you are in the worst state you've ever been in, then hey, it's just a new baseline. <laughs> right, right, that's so, it. So yeah, so I mean, and that was so mental training. I, I never really consciously did it, but I suppose I did. Um, and now, the thing is, now I'm—I mean, because one of the reasons I wrote Adventure Minds was I wanted to explore the drive I have to do stuff. And one of the things I was worried about was if I explore—I mean, you know, I'm a thinker, but if I explored it too much, that then I'd that I'd lose it. You know, I'd lose the drive. And what I found is, actually, I haven't lost the drive. I'm just sort of pushing it in different ways. And and actually, that's... So I've broadened what I do. And I'm, you know, I'm quite happy about that, really. It's just helping me to do... You know, I'm, it's... Uh, so I've not lost my drive. I'm just doing different things as well. I'm still running and biking. You're so. doing a lot of amazing things, yeah. think, right? Like, I think that's, again, between kids and work and, and all this other stuff, it's... It's different, right? And it's it's that you can't go back to that, as you said. You know, you're as you get to thirties and forties and, and well, past, right? There you're is, you're, you're there, never yeah. going to be twenty again, right? No, That's... there is something about the fact that hey, you know, I was I was faster then. That was great, you know. And so, but I could, yeah, I could keep. And don't get me wrong, I have thought, oh, I could do it again. But actually, I could get, you know, I could, yeah, I could get a lot fitter than I am now again. But I'm not going to be as fit as I was previously. So. Why not just let that be? <laughs> and what, I, so I've, this has been common lately. I think, I don't know if the with the virus and the lockdown yeah. and stuff, maybe these feelings are coming back of lost time and stuff like mm. that as well. But sometimes these things, I know I have a few of these, you know, I could be fitter at one specific thing, but I, and, and I'm pretty sure I could get back, but I'm not sure I actually want to go and do yeah, that yeah, yeah. very specific work and give up the other yeah, stuff yeah. right oh yeah like and, the, and that's, the work that's, the family yeah. the yeah no quite you know, and the... it's, it's like because now when i'm painting for example that's a choice i've made to yes. paint not to run not to cycle and obviously you know times with my kids that's that that's obviously things i need to do but also things i want to do so the, the time i get to myself is pretty precious so mm-hmm. as you're saying so and, and actually i i've made the conscious decision i it is a conscious decision, actually. I know that I could get fit, fitter than I am again. But if I did that, I'd be missing out on doing other things. And actually, I spent so many years training. <laughs> Don't get, you know, and it was great. But I'm happy to be doing what I am now because I'm doing other things and I'm I'm enjoying them, you know. And, it's, and I think, it, actually, if more than anything, in 10, 20 years' time, um, I'd look back and regret that I spent too much time training. Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes I, I regret. It's like you know, I haven't been to the Himalayas yet. Why haven't I been to the Himalayas? Because I was too busy racing. Do you know? Right. And and actually, yeah. actually, should have gone to the Himalayas. I'll, I'll still hopefully I'll still go to the Himalayas. But you know, you just sort of think, well, hmm. Wait, <laughs> so, just to just to visit them, or is there? Oh, like it's a trek in them to yeah. you know to just spend some time there. You know, and just the culture and and, and go and 
and um, experience them and probably take my kids there and go trekking and stuff. And yeah, so and that we say, well, you know, hopefully we'll go at some point. Not yet, you know, they're quite young, so it's a while away yet. But um, and I'm not planning these things, you know, what will happen will happen. But but it's just, yeah, I I think I don't know because some people are really happy, and I'm not judging anyone. Um, really happy doing the same thing, you know, the same race year on year on year, and that's cool, absolutely. But it's just not me, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, certainly it's, it's we're all falling finding our and following our own paths but yeah yeah um, yeah i think it's we're all at some point not 20 years old again <laughs> no, right? no, so, no. <laughs> so we do we do all have yeah. that similarity yeah. Um, yeah and how we do that is is that um well that was a burnout sound oh, was okay that, was that here or was that there <laughs> no i think it was um oh that, with you. The, we'll blame that on canada then <laughs> <laughs> um so that's that's awesome i wanted to wonder here too uh, what other book? I want to cover one of your other books too, because I know that. So that was Adventures on Mind. Yeah. In, so Adventures on Mind. Yeah. Oh. So um, I mentioned a few other books. I um, right. Yeah. And this. Yeah. I don't know if this will surprise you or not. I, I set up a little publishing company last year. So I was. Um, I've I, I ran my own consulting company for a few years, and kind of off the back. I, yeah, I'm employed now again. Um, right. But I consulting got, on data science. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've still got um, just with yeah with, with that company. Basically, I turned it into a little publishing company. So um, I published a couple of books that I've written and, and illustrated, and I'm now working with with some guys I know um, on books that they've written. And um, so I've got yeah, Little Peak Press is the name of the press. But um, last year I published two books by myself. Um, High Inspiration, which was has been inspired by a um, a run around the, the Tour de Mont Blanc. The uh, mm-hmm. whereas the, the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc is is the race around it. But you know, before the race came along, it's a you know, it's a wonderful hundred mile or so walking or running tour. I did it over four days a few years ago with one of my friends, and and I painted lots of pictures. And in the, so it was about it was about running around the Tour de Mont Blanc, uh, and it was also another sort of a, a memoir, really exploration, some more of um, create, but really about exploring the way mountains inspire me creatively as well and other people how mountains inspire other people creatively so that's um my inspiration and then i i did another book called a cycling year um which is much more close to home like there's a map on my wall um an old map of wolfdale which is the valley i live in on the edge of the yorkshire dales and um in 2017, each month, I did a, ma- a, a cycle ride inspired by by the. Uh, I, I live in, you know, Yorkshire's a wonderful place. The Tour de France a few years ago uh, started in Yorkshire, and it came through Otley where I live, and and you know, it's it's, it's a classic place. It's recognised as a wonderful place for cycling, road cycling and mountain biking. Anyway, I I um, did a cycle ride um, inspired by that map, the old map of Wolfdale, uh, for each month for a year. And then did paintings and wrote about the route. And so it's it's kind of a guidebook, but it's also a memoir as well, really. And I published okay. that last year as well. Okay. So and then there was just to mention a fourth book, which um, was the reason I was in Banff actually last uh, uh, last November because um, it was with two of my people and I, good friends, Helen Mort um, and Claire Carter, and and also Camilla Barnard was the fourth editor. On waymaking, so we we were editors of a compilation of women's work 
uh, an anthology of um, paint of, of writing, prose, poetry, uh, artworks, so photography, paintings, or anything that could sort of be put in a book, sort of inspired by mountains and wild places. Right. And we called it Waymaking, and put an open call out. And it was a women's work we were at, you know, it was women's anthology. And uh, yeah, it won the Banff Mountain Literature Award last year. Um, so I was over in Banff to collect the prize with Camilla on behalf of all the contributors to the book. That's so, really uh, awesome. Yeah, that was that was good. That so uh, and that was that was a great publication by Vertebrate Publishing, who published my first book, Adventures in Mind. So uh, so yeah, yeah. So what a great project. That's <laughs> it was. Like it was a brilliant project. It was it was awesome, and um, yeah, it's it sort of. Yeah, it was it was very good. Very you know, something very proud to have been a part of because it, you know, whilst I was one of the instigators for it, it was all it, it was far you know it was a it, there were over fifty contributors and and all brilliant pieces of work, and I was really proud to be a part. You know, it's just and people have found it a very inspiring book. And because what we wanted to do really was explore. It's like there's quite in the sort of mountain genre, if you like, it's quite. <laughs> it's quite male dominated and you know there's a sort of there's a style to the genre very much and we just kind of wanted to explore what it would look like if um if if it wasn't necessarily about getting to the top of a hill or or, or, you know as fast as you could or 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 climbing the hardest rock face you know what 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 would it be and actually it was really really varied and, and very rich all of it but but um yeah, it was, and it was recognised as such. You know, hmm. one of the reasons we were in Banff. <laughs> so, uh, so you've, that that one strikes me as something that there's been like some community around that, and and that's the other thing I found with encompassing more and more of sports, more and more movements in, is that you also have access to different groups of people, different you know, more more people. Yep. Your your community oh, yeah, yeah. becomes more maybe no, no, diverse, right. right? No, no, completely. Um, but you so, must have found that through cycling and riding and running yeah. and I guess data science and, and painting. Yeah, no, even, no. Right? I mean, it's, I'm, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm part, I'm very lucky to be a part of a number of very rich communities in, in that regard. I might, you know, write through writing and painting and stuff. I've met some fascinating people, brilliant people. I'm, you know, people I'm collaborating with now and just having a fantastic time, um, you know, sharing and, and working together and just Who don't of, have anything to do with cycling or, or well, no, it's, a lot of the time they're, they're kind of runners or climbers or cyclists. Okay. So there's okay. a, you know, there is, there Shared is a, interest. a pattern there, but, um, but also the sort of writing and, and then like the data science piece, I'm, I'm, some of the people I'm working with, well, you know, the people, yeah, some of the people I'm working with now are amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm working for a global company now and I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, meeting data scientists from around the world and, and not just data, not only data scientists, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, I'm having a, it's having a good time in my job at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite I, busy. I think but, anyone <laughs> I know who's worked in, in data or in AI, like yeah. they're, they seem like they're always really interesting people, and it's not—they're not just computer geeks or something. Well, right? no, they're... I mean, like it's, it's 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 easy to you know it is easy to stereotype there, but um, but like it's like I said earlier with, with data science with artificial intelligence, there's a lot of creativity to it. There's all—I mean, there's a lot. Of, one of my real interests at the moment is, um, and this is getting very technical, so, but you know, AI explainability because you know it's like models. The, the machine learning models that are used to drive the the you know artificial intelligence and it's everywhere isn't it these days it's in our mm-hmm. phones it's it's, it's everywhere it's ubiquitous 
but they're quite opaque models. No one really knows. People don't really know how they work. Right, that's and, the scary thing. Yeah, is yeah, when, yeah. When it but does stuff, but we yeah, don't no, know why. And we just use them. So, mm. um, and th- so there's a whole new, you know, one of my, it's kind of a research area come innovation space is in explaining that AI. So, and not just to data scientists, but explaining it to people who need to use those, who want mm. to use those, that so AI. You just have to go like back and like you have to forensically look backwards. Is exactly. That sort of, well, you forensically look at the model typically as well mm. as the data. Um, and it, you know, if there's bias in the model, for example, if it's sexist or racist or homophobic or or, or uh, things, the 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 you know the the models reflect what's in the data. And actually, unfortunately, you know, we do live in a in a times prejudiced society, so it, right. the models are going to take that forward. So it's it's yeah, it's one of my interests at the moment. It's 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 very important mm. um, ethically and uh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and very, very tough. There's no easy yeah, yeah, answers yeah. with that. It's no. all trying to figure out the best path forward, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's no easy answer. Yeah. Uh, where do, uh, maybe two other questions here, or two other areas. If someone was going to get started with sort of drawing and painting, like, can you can you reflect on how you got started, or, or what you would recommend given where you are now? Like, how if someone was like, oh, you know, I do need something more. You know, I used to maybe do a bit of art or painting back in yeah. you know grade school. What what path or what what even equipment would someone need to sort of start i think the first thing to do to say is like if you feel like doing it just do it you know because of you know there are people we get inhibited as we grow you know when we're kids we we're much freer thinkers than we are when we're adults generally and and actually so just sort of saying hey I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna get. You know, I started. I started oil painting um, when I started painting, and um, um, yeah, I got this easel, uh, the, some canvases, and some oil paints. So I was just like, yeah. And I was just, you know, and but and it was incredibly liberating to do it. Even you know, but but not and also not worrying whether painting's any good or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just do it and enjoy doing it. And but and in painting, what I found is. It's, it's done for the way I, you know, the way I look at stuff has changed because I'm so, if I look at a mountain, I'll, I'll see the light in it. I'll see, I'll see the color in it. And I, I, I didn't really do that before. I, you know, I think, oh, that, that looks good. But I, I never really thought, wow, that mountain just looks awesome at the moment because of the way that light's coming through that cloud, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, so, so that's, sorry, that's going off on a bit, but just, just, just have a go, just do it. And, you know, I mean, I've typically been self-taught, but, I'm sure. I'm sure other people will benefit from you know, classes or, or YouTube or friends or That's whatever. It. Yeah. So yeah. there's so, so many, much so many resources, yeah, yeah. right? It's, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I'm sure you can get paint. Like there, there's probably an art store in people's local oh, town, yeah. but but yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot. You know, I do a combination. Yeah. yeah, a combination of I get stuff online, uh, or there's a really good art art store. It's not open at the moment, but when it reopens, I shall restock yeah. a lot of stuff. But yeah, so a combination of local art stores and um, online stuff. Okay. So yeah, uh, I, I even like coloring books were really popular for adults yeah, there a few years yeah. ago, and uh, I ended up with one somehow, and I actually really enjoyed it. And I would say I'm very, I, I am not on that side of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we'll say, right-brained, but yeah, um, I've never been attracted to the arts i guess like in grade school i had no, no well i was i was always like math um, you know yeah math and science was yeah. my, my um, yeah but i think yeah. i think in the i guess again with the lockdown and stuff everyone get, is getting bored yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like oh what am i gonna do well you know i've been it's like saying to the guys in my team because um at work you know just hey guys you know you could 
you know, particularly when we're in sort of deep lockdown, you, have you thought about doing some art or something? You know, just to, yeah. because, you know, we're data scientists, we're data people, and we're in computers all day thinking, and you're just like, you just need to chill out, guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. do, do or, something. Or like different. playing instruments or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And I would say popular. it could be music, it could be painting, it could be drawing, or it could be, I don't know. You know, there's, there's so many creative outlets. I mean, it's, um, and, and people don't have to do it, but no. you might surprise yourself if you do. So uh, yeah. it's certainly, I, f- I find it very, very, um, it, yeah, it's a great stress reliever, you know. So I'm pretty, yeah, so. Um, and I guess too, maybe for the, the well, again, we'll sort of left brain, right brain in this, but for the left brain people, it might be an, an active way where you can actually say, I am painting for this, like I, I'm done work, I'm going to paint now versus yeah. I'm going to sit and do nothing because yeah, I, know for, I know for me, I am not sitting doing nothing. No, no, that I'm, no I cannot. I, I find I, I, that's something I can't do. So yeah. I do need to do something. So. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Okay. And so segueing from that then, so time management, you mentioned doing stuff in the morning. Would you say that's like a, one of your main strategies as far as getting it all done in the day? Yeah, because I, I'm, I generally think better in the morning anyway. So on the morning, you know, some people sort of the night owls on there. They, they work late at night, but that's, that's not me. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, t- towards the end of the working day, by four o'clock, my brain's generally frazzled. So, yeah. do you do you schedule that in? Like, are you a calendar person, or or how do you? Not really. No, no. I just sort of. I mean, routine I, more. Yeah, more routine. So, and you know, and if I feel like I need to sleep in a bit, but I don't really sleep in. But if I if I'm tired, then I'll sleep for longer. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. But so I'm not. I don't set an alarm to get myself up at five in the mornings. For example, I just if I wake up at five, I'll probably stay up. And if I wake up, no. But if I wake up at six or seven o'clock, but it's quite a rare thing to wake up at seven o'clock to with two young children. But um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll sleep. Yeah, when it happens, you take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else, Heather, uh, that I've missed from the adventures and so forth? I don't think so. It's okay. been it's been really nice actually uh, uh, to have a conversation where I've crossed over because yeah. I haven't really done this before, you know, sort yeah. of because um, well, people know yeah. <laughs> people know me as a data scientist or they know me as a writer or whatever, you right. know. So, right. But not no, you're a consummate athlete. Yeah, you're fully. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you your medal in the mail here. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. While you still have your podcast app open, do us a huge favor, head over to iTunes or whatever app you're listening in and rate and review the podcast. It's super helpful. It, you know, gets us more guests on the show. It gets me a dog. Um, And it's just, you know, a good way to give back if we've provided any kind of value to you throughout all of the episodes you've listened to. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find those at www.consummateathlete.com. We have lots of other content over there and any information about coaching or events can also be found at that same website. And you can find us on the social medias at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford on Twitter and Instagram. And we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week. Hey, fans and loyal listeners of the Wide Angle Podium. It's Rob Kelly, the host of No Training Wheels. Please join me and the rest of the Criterium Nation as we explore the best that domestic road racing has to offer. In each episode, we meet and hear from the racers, teams, promoters, and people that make the American road scene exciting and engaging, and go beyond the results to talk about the how and why of racing that fascinates us all. So subscribe to No Training Wheels anywhere you get your podcasts, 
For a full archive of episodes, please visit our website, No Training Wheels Pod, or follow us on Twitter at NT Wheels Pod or on Instagram at No Training Wheels Pod.